Hi friends, it's Kayla Moran and welcome back to the Let's Get Candid podcast. How's everybody doing today? Happy Thursday, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever day or time it is that you're listening. So happy to be back on the mic with you guys. I know it has been quite a while and it was not intentional to go on such a long hiatus, but I'm actually really glad I did. And I hope that You know, me sharing why I went on a hiatus actually inspires you to maybe do the same in your life. I, you know, I plan to just take a one week break. I didn't get a chance to upload it or to record my intro and set it to publish. And then it kind of set off a month long not having a chance to do it, whether I was out of town and I didn't have my mic or... I was just too burnt out and exhausted to do it and it actually was really good because it made me take a step back and ask myself is the podcast something I still want to continue not because I don't love it I absolutely do love it but I started taking inventory of my life and of everything that was in it everything that I give my time to and you know my time my energy my effort my money and really reevaluated is this what i want to be doing is this working do i want to continue whatever i'm doing enter x here and you know it was just what i needed and i'm gonna continue the podcast so i'm back um i don't know how consistent it'll be for quite a while i i might decide to go on like a seasons format versus an all the time format. I'm playing around with that, but there are some changes coming to the podcast. I have a new cover art and my editor and I are going to start making more reels of the podcast clips, but I just needed to take a step back and reevaluate, you know, because this does take a lot of time and energy and money to pay my editor to do this for me. And I was just really struggling with feeling inspirational and feeling motivated and like I was in a good place because I was really struggling mentally and emotionally and I mean I've talked about this for a while now it's probably not a secret and if you follow me on social media you might have seen it but I had just been really struggling with you know my confidence and if this was the path that I wanted. I've been out of law school for a year now, a little bit over a year, and I've been a lawyer for almost a full year. And I just, you know, I, I got burnt out. I have multiple part-time jobs because I can't afford to live my life solely on my law firm salary. Um, because it's not a salary. I make my own money. It's, you know, it comes every 30 days it's net 30 just like an influencer brand partnership is so you know i have to make ends meet and i have to be able to pay my bills and take care of myself and i'm really lucky that i do live at home and i have a lot of help but you know as i enter the real world and i turn 26 in a few months i need to start planning for saving and investing in insurance and loans and my car and all of these other things and adulting just got really real and i talked about this on a tiktok last week and it just i spiraled i got scared and i know i'm not the only one who has experienced this because i've had a very similar conversation with a lot of people and 
yeah, I just, I needed to take a step back and put me first. And actually, I'm really grateful that I have this podcast because it has allowed me to connect to so many people online. And I got to record an episode with someone who is in the finance space and talks a lot about loans and saving and setting yourself up for success, especially as a mid-20s woman and a career woman, a professional. And I'm excited to share that episode with you guys. But yeah, this hiatus was really much needed. So I really encourage you guys to take one if you need it for yourself. I started journaling in this time and I'm not the best at it. I don't do it every single day, but when I do do it, I feel really good and I'm glad I do it because it reminds me that there's so much to be grateful for, even if it's some days just getting out of bed or having a phone call with a friend or getting coffee or going outside with the dog. Like it could be something as simple as that or it could be the really great potential new client call or a cool meeting that I had or, you know, it could be so, so many things. And also I do what I'm grateful for that day, what I can improve on. And I do my goals slash to-do list for the rest of the week. And then I do my highlight of the day. And it's usually between one to three pages. Sometimes it's a little longer. And I just, with those four prompts, I just write out whatever I need. And then there's other, some days where I just keep going. There was a day where I wrote like seven pages. I just, I, you know, asking myself those four questions really got me going, got me thinking. And I started writing all these things and it was cathartic. It was a release. It felt really, really good. So I encourage you guys to take a step back and do some inventory and reevaluate your lives. And, you know, maybe if you were scared or skeptical of journaling like me, try out these four prompts or just opening a note on your phone and free writing how you're feeling in this moment. And I promise it helps. I have done that quite a bit on Instagram and TikTok and my podcast. Or not my podcast, my blog. I free wrote something and then I was like, I can turn this into a lesson that I want to share. And I did. And it was my fear of failure and calling it a pivot. And, you know, I needed that. And it came from me. And then I've been having that conversation with a lot of friends lately and just brainstorming plans and ideas. And, you know, we're in Q3 now, which is wild that we're already in July, mid-July, and we have six months left of the year. But actually, I think it's the perfect time to do something like this once a quarter at the bare minimum. And I just, I realized, it's like, okay, things are going to change in 2024 financially a lot. Is this still working? I still want this to work? How can I make it work? So I'm working on building a plan and, you know, I'm going to make it a four month plan and then a six month plan. And, you know, and then within that, obviously weekly to-do lists and weekly goals and weekly plans to accomplish those bigger goals and tasks, because I ultimately now know what it is that I want and what is important to me. And I know that those things are going to change over time and that's totally okay. But having a plan is helpful and also knowing that if you need to be flexible and switch it up that's okay too so anyway i ended up going off on a little bit of a tangent there but that is why i was on my hiatus and what i have been up to i 
have about a month left of work at my personal injury firm and then I am going to be full-time on my own as an influencer manager at Connecta Social and as a lawyer for influencers and content creators in the creator economy doing trademarks and contract law where I review brand partnership contracts and I help entrepreneurs legally protect their brands with trademarks. I'm even more so sure now that that is what I want and I want to continue building out that life and that career path and I know that it's going to be a little harder. I chose a path that was going to be difficult and I'm proud of myself for it and I just needed to remind myself of all that I have accomplished and you know that I am making it. I may not be where I want to be, but where I am right now is pretty damn good and I'm already living the life that I have dreamed of and I'm living the life that I'm creating in the moment and that's something that is really beautiful. So yeah, I I needed this hiatus and I hope that you guys have been doing all right and I hope this inspires you to maybe make a change and a hiatus of your own. But enough about me, let's do a quick suck and sweet of the week and then we will jump right into this week's episode. Suck of the week. I got the worst sunburn over the weekend. I went to a swim week sweat event by High Vibe Wellness, which is a local company here in Miami that does free workout events all across the city and my friend Lucy runs it and it's it's really cool and they gave us these really cute year of ours swimsuits but they were racer back and i tan really easily so i you know i was like okay cool i'll just like yeah i'll tan it back after this we're gonna go to the beach anyway well we're already at the beach but we're gonna go look to the actual beach and i'll fix the tan but i underestimated how strong the sun was and in the span of an hour i got completely burnt and i have the worst tan lines right now but thankfully going back to the beach this weekend and hopefully I will remedy it with lots and lots of sunblock. Um, but yeah, that was not fun. It's not a cute look, but you know, it is what it is. And my sweet of the week, I am going to a really cute Barbie themed event tomorrow. So I'm excited for that. Um, but of the last week, I have gotten to spend some time with a couple of friends and we just had really deep insightful meaningful life talks and just you know kind of everyone in my life not everyone but the majority of people are in their mid-20s and we're all just struggling to figure it out and that's just a part of life and that's where we're at and it's, it feels good to know that we are not alone that we have each other and you know, we got dinner, got some wine, co-worked, got coffee. You know, it was just really nice to just catch up and check in with everyone and see how they're doing because, you know, we all live such busy lives. It's hard to remember to check in and be there for each other, but it's important to make time for your friends as well as make time for yourself. So that was really fun. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to the Barbie event, Barbie event tomorrow and then going back to the beach. I'm taking one of my friends with me and I've never taken a friend to the beach house with us. So I'm excited for that. That'll be really fun. Her and I have a lot of activities planned, walks, workouts on the beach, sunrise, sunset, lots of Aperol spritzes and yeah, it should be a really good time. But anyway, enough about me and just, you know, long-winded intro since it's been a while. Um, yeah. 
I feel like things are looking up. Things are really good. I got back on meds. I decided to go back on my anti-anxiety medication and it's been about three weeks, two and a half, and it has been really, really good. It has been a game changer and I'm really glad I, I made that decision. It was scary, but I'm glad that I decided to do it for myself. So yeah, without further ado, let me introduce you to this week's guest and we'll dive right into the episode. This week's guest is Medita Earth. They are a skincare brand and their whole mission is to give back to the planet and that is why Earth is in the name and it just, they're co-founded by a mother-daughter duo from India, Pooja and Jessica and I have Pooja on the podcast today to talk all about founding this company and why and how their background as engineers and data scientists and how that led them to to starting this company and how it has helped them actually start this company and their background in you know using products and herbs and minerals from the earth to create skincare products at home in their time-honored traditions and then deciding i should share this with the world and you know it's really cool i love stories like that i think there's something so special products do so much better when it comes from a need that the founder has and then they see a white space in the market and they go for it and they're a really small company but you know they're making an impact and they were able to leave their jobs to be able to do this full-time which is really really cool and we talk all about what that was like and the decisions that had to be made and running a business with a co-founder especially being your mom and what it's like to be a southeast asian woman in business and there's just so much really conversations in here so i'm excited for you guys to listen and thank you so much amber who is just a guest on the podcast for introducing me to her client and having them come on the podcast because it was such a fun time and it's so inspiring to me to have these conversations with fellow young female entrepreneurs that are paving the way on their own terms and that's exactly what i'm doing that's what i aspire for all of you that are listening if that's something that you're interested in and i want to be there for you along the way so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you liked it, please leave a rating and review. Please subscribe to the show, follow along, share with a friend, tag us as you're listening. Let me know who you want to see next. Let me know what topics you want me to cover next and come interact with us at the Let's Get Candid podcast on Instagram and me, Kayla Moran, on Instagram, TikTok, threads, that's a whole other conversation, YouTube, and my blog. And I will see you guys next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Talk to you soon. So what is something that people wouldn't know about you just from following you? I think that I have a skincare brand like from my social media. Do you mean? Or yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I have such a low profile on my personal Instagram. I mean, it's just my friends. Um, I just don't think, and I feel like my entire perception, my entire life has been like, oh, I'm in STEM. I was always really good at science. I was always like, really into math I studied engineering I just think it's like the biggest pivot in the world that I'm now in the beauty industry 
Yeah. So can you talk about that then? Like actually you're not the first person to not beauty. She went into the content creation, but she was a chemistry major and was working in pharmaceuticals and then decided to quit and create content full-time because she was just so unhappy at her job. And like, it was like this whole like thing for her. Um, yeah. So I'm curious, like, what I was, start from the beginning. Well, yeah, like start from the beginning, like yeah. being in STEM and then realizing like, okay, like I want to start a beauty brand. Well, so I was always really into STEM. Um, it's not that I didn't like it. I studied biomedical engineering. Um, I was supposed to become a doctor. So when, you know, you were talking about how you have to wake up every single day and be like, I really, really want this. Like on graduation day, I was like, I actually really, really don't want this. <laughs> and I just know the journey ahead is so long. And I know at one point I'm going to wake up and it'll be too far gone. And I'm going to be like, I should have done something earlier. And so I actually was like, okay, I'm actually going to do something about this. I'm not going to apply for med school. So instead I worked as a machine learning engineer, as a data scientist at one of the big four consulting firms. And my dream was always to move to New York. And this was like my way of moving to New York. Like if I get a job at a big four firm, then, you know, it allows me to live there. So I moved, I worked there for three years. I really loved it, actually. It was, the job was quite fulfilling. Um, I got to work on a bunch of cool projects. I worked for so many different clients. I made so many different math models. Like it, it really was such a nice experience. I had so many great mentors. I think what pushed me to leave was, you know, you could tell the economy was changing. Um, what year was COVID. this? Oh, it was after COVID. So I left, yeah, I left in 2022. Yeah, I left in 2022. And yeah, I mean, you could tell, you could tell things were changing. The way our firm used to work pre-COVID in terms of technology was very innovation driven. You know, there was this like, we were all on this rocket ship. We all want to do something new everywhere. Everyone, every company was racing towards something. And then, you know, even through COVID, there was this like huge boom, right? Like everyone kept staying on that rocket ship. And it seemed like a year after there was this switch, right? There was this fear of, okay, where is the market going to go now? Like we've all just been kind of avoiding the big issue at hand. And now we're all have to like reckon and face our choices. And there was this dramatic shift in strategy for all companies. Um, you know, a lot of tech firms stopped hiring, but even my own company um, where I worked, the focus was no longer innovation. And I've always wanted to try to do something new. And that's what really kept me going was, okay, we're working on something new. We're working on something really exciting. This is something I get to learn from. But we were just more focused on giving like quick hit solutions to our clients. And I think that was the point where I was like, I know myself well enough to know that if I don't leave now, I'm going to be here for another two years. And I'm going to be like, well, you know what, Pooja, two years ago, you should have left this job. It's um, so funny you say that because what we were talking about before, like, yeah, that's always like relating so much to you. Uh, when we were talking about offline, like, now I kind of wish you would have had that been part of the conversation, <laughs> although I've said that on the podcast a bunch. But <laughs> it's like, that's exactly what it is. It's like you wake up one day and you're like, I just yeah. don't want to be here for another two years. Like, or there's just more out there. Like, you know, like right now, like I'm looking outside and I'm, like, it's not sunny, but I'm seeing like the clouds and I'm like, oh, like it would be a really nice day to go outside. Like if you find yourself being like, oh, I wonder what that could be. Yeah. Like, what else? You owe it to yourself to find out. Like after this, yeah. I'm going to go take myself on a walk and walk the dog and like be out in the fresh air because why not? Like you owe it to yourself to see what else is out there. Because 
you know, we only get one life. Why are you going to spend it in a job that just, yeah, you might've loved it before, but you're not happy now. And like, yeah, it had stopped. Like I, I feel like it ran its course. I feel like I got really good over the past few years, understanding when things have run its course and not to wait too long and overstay your time because you can stay forever. And I saw it with people around me. Like so many people around me were like, we want to leave. We want to leave. And I was like, okay, so why aren't you leaving? Then leave. Like, I don't want to be sitting here two years from now talking to my coworkers being like, I want to leave. So I made the decision pretty quickly. Like I went, so I guess to backtrack a little bit, I had already started the skincare brand at this point with my mom. Um, We had started in COVID, but you know, we were doing it parallel, which is why I was like saying to you, like, you know, it makes sense to do so many things in parallel because you want to be sure you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. Like I was gaining such good skills from working with clients, such good soft skills, technical skills. I didn't want to lose out on the opportunity of getting those skills um, that I know would translate later into my own business. And the brand at that point was just at its inception point. It's not like I could just sit there and just do that all day. Um, So we did, and my mom is also a data scientist. So we worked on our jobs parallel to building the brand. I quit first because I just reached that point sooner than her. I think she has a much more um, you know, established career than I do. So she's obviously far more attached to what she does than I am. But I was like, I'm only three years in. Like I, I came in, I can go out really fast. Um, and so I came to the point first where I was like, I'm ready to leave this. Um, and it was right before we had a big opportunity for a skincare brand to pitch to Walmart. And I was like, I was working on the pitch with her and I could see, okay, you know, so many of my skills that I've used in like pitching and like presenting to clients is coming in handy here. But if I can work like so many hours for a presentation for a client, I can work double those hours for a presentation that's for my own brand. And I think that was that pitch to Walmart was the exact turning point where I was like, okay, this, this is what I want to do. And then my mom followed suit about, like 10 months later she also reached the point where she was like okay I'm ready to quit my job and work on this full time that's so cool I want to talk about like how like work like pitching to Walmart even came about but just like there yeah it's just it's funny the parallels and I'm and I and I appreciate so much too when someone like they know like okay I want something they're starting to work on it little by little and like they take their time with it I think it's so much sweeter and more I think yeah. rewarding when you really get to that point where it's like okay I have to go all or nothing like yeah I need to now choose that inflection like point. what I'm creating and like I'm, I'm at that point where like I need to make that decision for myself and I, I love surrounding myself with people who have either made that decision recently or are working on making that decision as yeah. well because it's someone to relate to there's so much like to talk about and like everyone has a different thought process and the priorities that, you know, come into play when making that decision. But I think I like that you said, like all the soft skills that you learned at your job, you being a data scientist, translated. like it translated, it made sense. Like, it seems like they're complete opposites, like working in a consulting data-driven career and like in a, you know, creative, more like, you know, a wellness, like a beauty based, like completely different industries business everything but like it doesn't have to be like this crazy like it's not that crazy it's not that different and like that's how I feel so so I was saying earlier like 
you know, it looks like on paper, I do so many different things. But like to me, they all go hand in Makes hand. Sense. You all make yeah. sense. Like it's the same thing for you. And so I love that. And why did you guys start a beauty brand in the pandemic era? Like, how did that even come about at all? Like two dated scientists, like how does this even come about to begin with? I know it's like so interesting because I feel like, you know, if you ask my mom and I, we're not even that like invested in the, like neither of us are very like, oh, we've always been into skincare or like we've always just like been following all of these brands. Like it's not even been such a vested interest. Um, for us but I think what has always been such an inherent part of our life are these really like clean and simple solutions like we always resort to um, like if I'm feeling sick I've always always every single night you have like haldi which is turmeric and milk and you take that and you go to sleep and you feel a lot better the next morning if you have chapped lips you put ghee on it if you like have like a rash like you put like coconut oil on it um we've always always and so when you said like oh I don't take that many medications I was like I'm not like that because like I also like like I'm the guy wants like the medication to make me feel better but I relate to that because for so many things we use these really household solutions um for all of our ailments and so I think that was like something that we we always stood by and also, I think we also really practice very minimal living. Like my mom does not have that many clothes. Um, she comes from a long lineage of farmers in India. And so she really grew up like on the farms, like farming. And, you know, she's always like, we used to eat on banana leaves. Like it was very low waste practices um, back in India because you don't have the resources, right? So it's like you have to make do with what you have. And um, these very like clean and low waste practices are we're such a part of her culture especially you know when you live on um in such a rural setting like that is just what you make do with and so but we felt that over here we're fed like high consumption high waste it's like more is better and there it's like less is better and especially during covid you know there was such a boom in like shopping and consumerism and self-reflection but then there was also the simplicity to life right things had really dwindled down to these like one or two things that you can do every day um there's not that much choice there's not that much decision making you're kind of just doing the same thing and the whole thing was that like the, the that way of living had reminded her so much of the way she used to live in India when she was younger. And we were talking about how and she you know was starting to become really reflective of like her skin, how she looks, like um, how she's aging. And I think all of us were a little bit more like trying to take care of ourselves during that period, right? Because there's not else, that much else we can do to make ourselves feel better. And that's how we started talking about how we wanted to come up with a clean, affordable skincare brand that chose ingredients that people like us understood. And we knew, you know, through like generations that these ingredients work and they're highly effective. And then of course we're data scientists and combining that with like a scientific approach, a very rigorous scientific method, looking at data and actually studying the efficacy and, you know, combining those two things together um, and bringing something out of that, that we think could be really effective, but also really relatable to people. Yeah. I love that. I'm, I'm Hispanic and you know, my, I'm the first born in this country and my parents both grew up in their countries and they came here as kids, but you know, whenever I'm feeling sick or something hurts, like the first thing in my house is like drink a tea, 
or try this or do this. It's not like, let's go to Walgreens and get whatever (laughs) over the counter. Like the only time my parents will tell me to go get like medication is when I have like my period and I have cramps or I I say I have a headache. They're like, okay, take Tylenol. I'm like, and I even that, unless I am absolutely dying, I won't take it. Because it's like, why? Why do I need to put that in my body? Like, if I can just take it easy that day and, like, I don't put a heating pad on, I'm going to be fine. Like, it's nature. It's life. It happens. And, you know, it's always a tea or, like, you know, a soup or something. It really makes me feel better. I swear. It is. Like, my comfort food can do, like, what, like, a good tea can do. I swear to God. (laughs) I know. And it's, like, the comfort food that gets funny. Like, my, whenever I'm feeling sick or, like, down, I make myself, like, una crema de malanga. It's just, like, I don't know if you you guys have had, ever tried that, but it's the malanga, like, the cassava root. And you kind of make, like, potatoes of it. And with a little bit of cheese, Parmesan cheese on top, Mm -hmm. croquetas, and that's my comfort food. Like I don't, you know, people want mac and cheese or like pasta. Like that's yeah. my thing. My grandma last week wasn't feeling well. And she's like, I made this and I, I was having a good day. Like I was fine. I was like, I'm not going to say no to eating like my comfort food. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, she made it for herself, but I get that from her that she wasn't feeling well. So that's what she made. And I was like, and so when you were talking about, you know, that like the, the different things that you guys do when you're not feeling well for chapped lips or, you know, dry skin yeah. or whatever it is, like, we we are the same exact way over here so it's just funny like yeah I did something with that I love that yeah it's like so it's so it's so strange like I feel like you know we come from people of color come from cultures and countries where you really do use these like very simple solutions to take care of your body right you do like like you said you do with what you have like these people grew up in you know, your mom grew up on a farm. We grew up in a country that didn't have a lot of resources or not we, but they did my family. And like, they may do with what they had. And I went to Ecuador where my dad is from over winter break. And as if I have a winter break over winter, (laughs) (laughs) over the holidays. And we were, we went to an indigenous community and they, they laid out a traditional feast for us. And I can show you pictures. Like it was on banana leaves and yeah, exactly. They, right. And <laughs> they roasted maggots and that's a delicacy to them. And like, we got to experience like, you know, what their traditional like festivities and their foods were. And it was really eye opening that, you know, we asked them like, do people leave? And they're like, yeah, they go to school, they leave, but they come back yeah. as tour guides, bringing people to visit yeah where they're from like you know one of our tour guides was from that community and he was bringing us back to his home and it was like it was really cool to see like that they love where they come from such a simple life so I love it like that is like the mission behind what you guys do because I I try to yeah consumerism I love shopping I love fancy things I love to travel but like I love coming home and being in my routine and knowing what works for me and like my my things like it just makes me feel good there's such a comfort to it yeah so how did, and then of course you guys combined the data side of it, which is really cool, but how did this Walmart deal come about? Like I want to, okay. how does someone get their product into Walmart? Well, we're not in Walmart, but we are in, in ongoing conversations with them. Um, you know, it's tough. I feel like the industry is tough. DTC has flooded the market, but I, my personal take on this is, 
I think people, this is not my quote, someone else said this, but I think people are ditching the clicks for bricks. Like even Glossier, like the DTC darling brand of the century has now launched in Sephora. So obviously there's something to be said about people want to see um, the brand in person before buying it. And I think it's that like mind shift. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not an online shopper. Like once yeah. I know something, I sh- I can shop online. Of course, thousand percent. Yeah. But like, I like New to products. try things on, especially clothing. I like to try things on, shoes and bags. I want to like hold it and feel it and see it and products. Yeah, like I want to- changing, I need right? to know what color works right for me or like yeah. on me. Like I, yeah, I'm, I'd much rather go to a store than online. It's- it's, I swear, this is post-COVID shift because I know when I was in college, like in 2015, 2016, Majuri launched, Glossier launched, like there were all these brands that were launching, they were extremely successful. Um, but I think we got so away from like being able to touch anything during COVID that there was this like huge mind shift and we went all the way the other direction. We're like, okay, I want every experience to be in person, in store, in real life so that I can feel it and like, you know, feel a connection to it, feel a connection to the brand before I buy it. And so our goal with this brand was always, we never wanted it to be um, an online brand. We always wanted it to be in stores. And also, I think the the overarching premise was also, you know, everyone talks about diversity and inclusion. Everyone talks about, oh, you're a South Asian brand. It's great for South Asian women, et cetera. The premise of the brand is that it's clean ingredients for like melanin rich skin. But I'm always like, why is it? Like, why is it that Bobby Brown a white woman can launch a skincare brand and it is meant for everyone, but I launch a skincare brand and it's only meant for the people who look like me. Like, how does that make any sense to anyone? And so we, and at the end of the day, you know, it's a business. That's why these skills from like your consulting firm, your law firms, et cetera, they transfer over because that's a business. This is a business. Um, you you want it to have as much reach and impact as it can have, right? So we always wanted it to be in stores, whether it's Target, whether it's Fora, whether it's Walmart, that's the end game. So with Walmart, they had this thing called Open Call, which I think not that many people know about, but you get to submit your brand. You have to follow fall under certain um, things. Like, for example, you know, we're a minority owned, we're women owned where also we're part of 1% of the planet. So we have a huge give back program through our pro through our brand, which a lot of companies now want. They want brands to be, you know, sustainably driven, ethically made, vegan, cruelty-free. Um, they have their own clean beauty standards. So we fit all of these criteria and we just applied and they they selected us. And then we flew to Bentonville, Arkansas. You get a 30-minute meeting with a buyer. And if suppose you're selling something really simple, like not like skincare, like I know someone who was selling food, like it was like a type of like a spring roll. You go in, you pitch, they'll give you a hundred test stores. It's not that difficult. Like you can get that. And then you launch with them and then you get more stores and more stores and more stores. With skincare, it's a bit more tough. It's an extremely competitive category. The margins are different. The profit is different. So they take a bigger cut compared to food or like spring rolls, for example. So um, we went last July, and since then, we've been in conversation with them. We've been working with brokers um, to be in conversation with Target. And we're really hoping to, in the next upcoming years, grow to a point where we can be like, we are launching in stores. That's really cool. Also, what was it like going to Arkansas? <laughs> As someone who is a minority, and I only ask that because I went to Tennessee. 
And that was, was eye opening for me. So I'm just curious yeah. to ask it how it was for you guys. <laughs> well, it just was okay. I think here's the thing. My mom's name, her real name is Jatinder. Um, that's the name, her like birth name. When she came to America in the 1990s, she worked at she had really like she worked in Wall Street um, and she had these like high flying corporate jobs. But they she would often think that people did not want to say her name to her. And then in meetings, she would feel left out just because they were scared of saying her name. So she actually went and legally changed her name to Jessica. But for some reason, she chose to name her daughter Pooja, like a, a very Indian name. So the biggest thing that would happen to us in Bentonville is like, if they would be giving us our name tag, they thought they you were like, Jessica. Yeah, it was the yeah, it was Pooja, and they like they could just could not get past it. Like they would not let it go and be like, "That's just so crazy." Like you would think, and I'm like, "Okay, it's our lives. Like we already know what you would think. Like you don't need to explain to us." Yeah. Um. And I mean, there were so many other experiences. Like we went to this one Indian restaurant, and our Uber driver was just like, "Like oh, like." wow, the Indian restaurant, like, is it, like, do you think it's going to be good? Like, do you think it's going to be good Indian food? Like, oh, of course you guys would go to the Indian restaurant. Like, I could have guessed that when I saw Pooja that this restaurant is where they would be going to. I was like, this is no one asked. No one asked. Did I ask you anything? No. No one asked. That's annoying. Yeah, I, uh, actually, I was, not similar, not a very similar story, but, like, something that, like, you didn't think like it was unnecessary to be asked to like or said to you like I was I remember the first week or two that I was in Knoxville I went to Target and I was wearing it was like summer so I was wearing like bass or not basketball shorts like like a uh, running shorts or whatever and I'm I'm naturally a more tan person than people in Tennessee at least naturally and I was like checking out I was in like the line to pay and the lady behind me was like oh that's so nice that your legs are like you know I don't have like a spray tan mark or I don't know how she said it like oh that the back of your legs match the rest of your body and I was like I really (laughs) called my friend and I was like is this supposed to be like a spray tan comment like I didn't say anything to the lady I just was like I think that was supposed to be like was I supposed to be offended by that like yeah, I, it's I, like abusing, right? Because I, like, I didn't know if I was supposed to be like, what the has never. It's like comments on bodies should be like off limits, even if it's so like confused. nice. Like it's like, it was meant. It's a nice comment, yeah. but it, like I'm like, what is it supposed to be backhanded nice or is it actually like, a, oh, like that's so like I don't know. Yeah, and I was like, maybe because my skin is actually this color. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know. I do now, but I didn't at the time. Um. <laughs> Because like normally I was always in the sun in Miami, so I didn't need to self tan. Now I Tennessee, I I started self tanning because in the winter, like I would get weirdly pale, which I wasn't used to seeing my skin that color because I'm normally in the sun all the time. Um, It was it was bizarre, but I just I thought I would ask because you know that's another thing too, like going to these big retail brands, like you're going into meetings with C-suite individuals and usually people that don't look like you. And mm-hmm. what that experience was like meeting with those people and talking to them and presenting yourself in a, you know, in a like, look at me, like, I want you to want my brand in your store. I want you to invest in me. So I was just curious what that was like. 
Yeah, I, that has been a repeated issue, I would say. Everyone, we, I mean, we pitched to Whole Foods, we pitched to Kroger, and it's like the people you're pitching to, it's they're never going to understand what you're trying to do. I mean, I've, I've never pitched to a person of color. I've never, I've only pitched to like white blonde people. And it's like, you're never going to understand the gravity of what I'm trying to do here and what I'm trying to you know, make accessible to different people. Um, it's very, yeah, I mean, it's, that's not lost on anyone. It's extremely transparent and obvious how much of a setback that is. Yeah, I hope one day it's not. But it's also kind of like, you know, I hate sometimes still being the only one in the room, but it's also like a testament to when we do get in the room that we can hold the door open to the people who come after us. And yeah really that's cool. such a long-term goal with our brand I think yeah and like for me getting like people come to me as like oh like you're a Latin lawyer like you went to law school and like was it what was it like being Hispanic in law school and I'm like I'm gonna be honest it wasn't the easiest thing but like I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do it as best as I can to get you yeah. in the door because someone did that for me so I want to do that for you yeah. Uh, and so that'll yeah. be really cool when you guys are able to do that for brands that come after you. Um, yeah. And I think it's like in these big retailers, little by little, it's starting to happen. But yeah, the people at the are still, they're not, we're not there yet. But hopefully yeah. within our lifetime, uh, I freaking hope within our lifetime, <laughs> um, hopefully sooner than, yeah, than later. Yeah. No, I was just curious what that was like, but what did what was the beginning stages of formulating these products and like going from like in your kitchen at home to like mass consumption my mom so she's the formulator of all the products she spent two years prior to all of this taking a course in formulation she's very much the type of person who's like well, if we're going to do something, like I have to know it first. Like I'm not going to launch something and put it out there if I don't know exactly what's in it, exactly what it's going to do for your skin, if it's good for you, if it's bad for you, what are the repercussions on the environment, et cetera. Like all like nine yards, she wanted to go all the way there. So she took, she took, she started very much as like a passion project, like very much as she really is, she really is like, she loves to learn. And this was her next project that she wanted to learn. So she started it and she just started making samples at home. And I just was like, I love this stuff. Like I have very dry skin and almost nothing has been able, and I live in New York city. So in the winter, you know, it especially gets very single, very dry, almost nothing. And it's, it's like, there's good products out there, but I felt no product was actually able to the whole point of what you want to do was it really changes how your skin skin um, evolves at a very molecular level. And I feel like everything I was putting on was very curative, not preventative. It wasn't really targeting any root cause, any root issues. So I started really liking the products that she was making. And I think the, the thing that I liked the most was she was just using these ingredients that I knew were really good for my skin. Like if you look at what's in Neutrogena, they're like gel water cream or whatever. It's like, I'm like, there's no way any, any of this is doing any good to my skin. Like I just know this is not going to heal anything. But the ingredients she was using, like these blueberry oils, papaya seed oil, um, 
like vitamin C extracted from like pineapple enzyme. I was like, I know this is going to be very effective and refreshing on my skin. And there's something so nice about, I feel like living in a polluted city, but knowing that like all of this like freshness is just coating your skin and making you feel more just like rejuvenated. Um, so then she started giving it to her friends. Her friends loved it. It just kind of went from there. And once we actually started getting pretty, pretty good feedback from people, I mean, people would be like, can we get another jar? Can we please have another jar? They would send us like these before and after photos. One of my mom's friends had this huge dark spot over here. And within six months, like, I mean, she's like 48 at this point. So presumably she's tried enough products to make it go away. Right. Um, But it went away and she was like, I need more. And everyone was like, I need more. I need more. And then we were like, all right, let's start, let's start making this a real thing. Like let's start design packaging. Let's start coming up with a logo. Let's start coming up with a brand name. Um, Let's start seeing, you know, how we want to market this and what other products we want to bring on. Yeah, that's really cool. I I want to try it. Yeah. The dark spot thing. Like I was telling you off air, like for me getting off birth control is what really cleared up my skin all over my body and on my face. Like I had really back dark bad dark circles under my eyes and now because you really can't tell (laughs) and I mean they've gotten a lot better I would say like they come back with stress but it was on top of the stress of law school was also hormonal but like knowing that like you could really heal your body from the inside out with food and water and with like things that come from the earth hence the brand name which I want to get to like how that name came about but like you know what's actually natural and what's available to you like that to me is really cool and like I I I much prefer that like don't get me wrong like I love a good foundation and like sometimes I want like you know a chemical peel to like really refresh my skin at times I I do want like the really rich like natural like give me the coconut oil or yeah. for my hair I love coconut oil hair masks I don't really put it on my skin because I don't like the feeling of it but that's a personal thing I need to work yeah. on but like I know it's really good for your skin so yeah it's just I I love that that was the origin story and like I think with everything like if it comes from a or like a, a real need in the founder's life like it it just yeah like, it, it does so much better because the people around it like around them get the word of mouth and it grows and it grows it's like it's a need in the market it's a white space it's like if you needed it someone else out there also I could not agree more with that's that's your consumer and that's who you're gonna want to go to so I think that's really cool but yeah how did the name came about like once you started you guys were like okay like let's make this a thing like how did that how did it come about well I think earth always was like we wanted that to be in the name Um, because we were relying on these healing properties from you know ingredients given to us by mother nature Um, and I think another thing was we were always like it's just to us it was always so fascinating because we were like people will go to like such extremes of like juice cleanses like eating so proper caring so much what goes inside their body like being really sure to not put like gluten soy or like x chemical or like that in their body but then all of that awareness goes completely away when it comes to their like external organ. And so we really wanted the focus to be these like really natural healing ingredients that are not only good for like, like blueberries are not only good to eat, but also really good for your skin. And then, so Medina means finding joy from uplifting others. And a big part of um, 
the brand was also, you know, the mission of giving back. So we donate um, $1 from each unit sale to a local charity of the month. And then we also work with 1% of the planet um, and we give 1% of our profits to them. And they, if people don't know what 1% of the planet is, um, they should look into it. And also the- I'll link it below. Oh, cool. Yes. And the CEO of Patagonia, um, he retired and he gave all of his wealth to 1% of the planet. It's a really good organization. I actually just signed up to personally start volunteering with them in addition to being a business partner with them. Um, so we wanted this um, theme of, you know, giving back and uplifting others through the brand. And Marita means just that in Sanskrit, which is also, you know, the language of India where we come from. So I've been and I think it, the biggest selling point was it, the letters is me, M-E, Marita Earth. And we wanted the focus to be, you know, me. Like this is a brand where you use all of these things and you feel really, really good about yourself by using our products and the focus is on you. Um, and so I think it just all, it all came together really nicely. We loved the me part of it and we loved the Medita and the Earth part of it. That's a really cool. Yeah, I wanted to ask you what it meant. And I didn't know how to pronounce it. That's why I hadn't said it before. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't want to butcher that. But no, I think that's a really cool. And like the M-E, like Mother Earth. Yeah. And- really you know it's funny when you said like the blueberries are really good for the like for the skin too I don't know if you watch Real Hostess at all but there was no. a recent like um Real Hostess of Miami so one of the Real Hostess she's from Russia and she's like super into like her farm and her animals and she's not like as like you know I she's she at least appears to be completely natural and especially mm. so compared to the other women mm. and there's a scene just that I'll have to it literally like that's what I thought of when you said this there's a scene where she's getting raspberries and like she's like breaking them apart and rubbing them all oh over her face she's like some girls get Botox and filler and like I just have raspberries so and I'm so when you said that that's literally what I thought of and I was just that like, is so that's funny. some shit that my mom would do or my grandma would do like you know I I, I still like I haven't done it in a while and I'm thinking like I really need to do a hair mask again now that summer's coming and I'm going to be in the water and the sun more like I don't spend money on hair masks at Sephora or wherever like I make them myself with avocado and olive oil and egg (laughs) like yeah myself and it just people think that's disgusting but it's it's not and like I, I don't know what celebrity, but there was like this thing, apparently she like spoke out about it years ago that when she was a kid, her mom and her grandma shaved her and her sister's head and they rubbed an egg all over it. I mean, they were little, little. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like still they like rub egg over it like every day for months. And like that has supposedly like helped their nourish their hair. And like, like egg is so big. I mean, I used to hear it in India all the time when I was. I would never like, shave would my head into that. Masks. But I, yeah, not not brushing. <laughs> but I've heard so many people do like egg yolk on their hair. But I put it in my treatment. yeah. Put it on a hair mask with an avocado and some olive oil. No, honey, like call it a day. Oh my God. Like, I want to try that. Yeah, yeah. No baths when we were growing up. You know, if you have like a rash or really dry skin. Yeah. Um. So you know, it's funny. Like growing up, like with the holistic natural remedies that my mom grew up with and my grandma grew up with, like that has something that has always been a part of my life. And like, I find myself like when people are saying like, they're sick, I'm like, I'll be like, this is an old Cuban trick, but like, try this. (laughs) They're like, Oh, I never would have thought of that. And I'm like, 
I, I mean, I don't know. I've just been doing this my whole life. Like, <laughs> I'm sure it's not just Cuba. Like other countries do it too. Other yeah, places, but yeah, like yeah. it's just. I mean, each country has like their own like. Yeah, things. but it's just cool seeing how you guys took that. That is something that is from your culture, and you're bringing it now to other people and helping them out. And I really want to try it because yeah, I have really dry skin and. I don't really think I have sensitive skin. I just have really dry skin and I I like to be gentle on it. Like I love a good peel every once in a while, but I try to just not put anything on my skin. I don't want to do too much. Like I, I'm not really into like, like I'm a, I'm a bad influencer because I'm not constantly linking and trying different things just for the sale. Like I just, I know what I like and I stick to it. And yeah. I, I think, you know, once I find what works for me, like I'm loyal to it because I know that it works yeah. really hard for me to be like, to try it out. Unless it's like, if I get NPR and I'm like, oh, like that sounds interesting. Like I'll try it for a little while, but like I nine times out of 10 go back to like what I was already using. Well, yeah. Yeah. But how do you guys navigate it on the business side of things? How do you, like you said, your mom is the formulator. Are you more on the business, like the admin side? Like, where do you guys like draw the the lines on that? Yeah. I think the reason we work really, really well together as business partners, despite being mother and daughter, which I think everyone is like, isn't that so hard? I couldn't um, never do that with my mother. I, I, everyone is like, I would go crazy. I would decide this. And I'm like, okay, I get it. But I think there's a few things. A, my mom is a serial entrepreneur. Like she in the Silicon Valley has launched multiple tech companies. Working as a data scientist was like very much her retirement. So Knowing how to run and scale a business is a, you know, it's like a trick of the trade that she brings to the table. Um, She also is someone I feel like she's extremely driven by data and research and like she knows her stuff. So that's why she decided to be the formulator, of course, Um, because I was like, I trust like if you're coming out with a product, I trust you have gone to the ends of the earth to make sure that all of these ingredients, each and every single one is effective. They don't interfere with each other. They're really going to be effective for your skin. Um, and that you have found like the perfect ratio to put this all together in for it to actually be, you know, sellable to the market. And then, but also at the same time, like she is 60 years old, right? Like and so much of the market today is, it's just different than what it used to run like 20 or 30 years ago. A lot of it is dependent on doing, you know, podcasts, doing events, um, understanding what people want, what speaks to people, what story they want to hear. And so I take care of basically everything else, all the admin, the marketing, the socials, um, also coming up with, you know, what new products we should launch, like what do people really want in skincare right now? What are the biggest trending things? We both, we both overlap is like using data science. So like we will scrape all of like Sephora's reviews and understand like what is really missing in the market what are people complaining about what are the next big pressing issues um that people really want to come up with new products and so that's how we kind of do the division of labor and I think because like she does what she does and I have no idea how to formulate products and then I do what I do and she has no idea how to like run social media um there's just not that much interference with each other I trust what she does and she trusts what I do because we don't really know that much about what the other person does um, and where we come together, where the data scientists, I mean, we're both skilled data scientists. We both worked, you know, in at very great companies um, doing the profession that we did. So it's a very, I think, symbiotic relationship working together. Yeah, that's cool. And I think that's really important what you said, like 
the trust in each other and you like yeah. that you guys trust that the other person is going to do is their piece the best yeah, and I there. think that is something that is really powerful especially in a mother-daughter relationship because of that respect and that trust level like my mom and I so my mom is my like accountant and she helps me on like the finance stuff like well my dad does more like the business management and the taxes and like that kind of thing but my mom is in operations at a fintech company so with like the data side and like the account mm-hmm. and like balancing like the money and like my parents are they're in they're a part of my business as well and they help me in that but like and I and I trust her in that aspect but yeah because like I don't I can't do math to save my life and she like also has no idea what the hell I do all day but like she's not a partner in my business and so like I yeah. can't imagine being partners with my mom just <laughs> I, I I think we would kill each other um so like I I do trust in what she does and she trusts in what I do but like she plays a small like a backseat yeah, a small role. versus where you guys are equals in the business and I think it comes from like a really big place of trust and respect in each there other. is a lot of really cool. yeah I think there's a lot of trust and I know that whatever she produces is like I can really trust what's coming out and I think she really trusts what I produce and my decision making is the absolute best given what I know for the brand yeah and, and I can say the same for my mom and I but I mean we're in a service-based business not in a good business yeah product-based business so maybe it's a little different but yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't foresee myself going into business with my mom anytime soon. My dad, possibly. My mother, eh, I don't know. About that. <laughs> but um, I did like what you said about, you know, going through the reviews and kind of, and like looking into the market and looking into yeah. your customers and kind of seeing what's next and what, you know, could you like well, give Otherwise it's like, you're like, just tossing things out into like yeah. the air. Like otherwise, no. what are you going to, you know? It's like, no, I know, no, I know. But I'm saying like <laughs> of knowing like, oh, like what should we work on next? Like that's that, that's that seems really exciting and fun like what can you tease of like you know from doing on the data side of it like what do you think is like the next big trend in beauty and like what are you guys working on right now well I think I think the biggest thing that we saw when we like started this and we started looking at all of these um reviews were which is what we predicted was the next white space which is why we launched our brand is that clean beauty has like flooded the market, right? But it is so marketed towards affluent white women. There are very, very, very few brands that are um, clean, but marketed towards women of color. And then there's even fewer that are clean, marketed towards women of color, but extremely affordable. Because realistically, if you look at the demographic of the US population, women of color are not the most affluent demographic in America, right? So how can you make something accessible to women of color if your price point is still like $60, $70? So our whole thing was the gap that we want to fill is we saw so many comments where people would just be like, I want this for my hyperpigmentation. Like, I have all these like black spots, but it's so expensive. Like, why is this so expensive? And then it's like, well, all these other girls are using it because they're getting PR packages or it's affordable to them, et cetera. But it's like, you're not actually breaking through to a certain demographic and a certain audience. So that was what we saw. What we're seeing now is there's this really, I feel like retinol had its moment, right? There's this really, really strong trend now, I think, that's going towards vitamin A alternatives. from like naturally produced um, resources just because 
people seem to, I think retinol works for certain people, but I think there's just so many people online who are like, this just did not work. My skin started peeling or like I got my like mustache waxed and it burned because I'd been using retinol for like a month. Well, I think that's also good. That right there is just people don't know how to do it properly. (laughs) Yeah. And and that's what irks me about any, anytime I, yeah, like it's like my face is peeling off. I'm like, well, that's, it's kind of part of the process. Like your skin has to shed itself to then heal. Yeah. But like if you don't want to trust the process or you're trying too many different things all at once. Or like, like you're ramping it up too quickly, like not starting at a low percentage. Yeah. Like so, people, yeah. people aren't well informed. I think that's why like social media and the influencer space was such a great thing. It's like the education aspect of yeah, it. Yeah. But no, that's funny. Yeah. I haven't been noticing that vitamin A and like more natural and like the national trainers are really I feel like I think they're really going to start having like I feel like there's one or two companies that sell like a Bacuchiol facial oil yes. I don't know that many we are launching one soon but I, I I'm excited to try because the that one because the only one I know of is a very expensive brand and I've heard bad things about the founder so <laughs> I'm like hmm I'm yeah. not paying for that and yeah, I don't trust this so yeah. I'm curious now for when yours comes out to see it and try Coming it very soon because I like amazing. retinol and I like trying all those things but yeah I do it like once every two three weeks like I know not to especially oh, living yeah. in a living in a place where I'm in the sun every day uh, I I know to not do it regularly yeah I mean I just know that I feel like it's not gonna if that's not for me but I started using the R like one percent vodka gel serum it's a facial oil a year ago and I've always, always had very good skin. So like a lot of times with testing our products, it would be difficult because I would be like, I'm not that good of a test for these products because my skin looks largely yeah. the same. So we have to start testing with other people. But with this product, I was like, okay, my smile lines are actually going away. And I've noticed like I was in California for eight weeks and I didn't have my facial oil with me. The smile lines came back and I can almost guarantee you that if I start using it again, really like regularly, they're going to start disappearing again. Okay, I, mean, I didn't need come it to the same extent. But like, I, I have like photos. I have like before and after photos. No, okay. I, I need this because I have really, <laughs> I have smile lines because I have really large cheeks. It's just like, genetic. Yeah, same. like I'm gonna, really large it's, I'm going to get it. And like, I, I'm, I already see them prevalently. So I know they're only going to keep getting, like, that's I not a place that you can get Botox really. Like that's a filler <laughs> place, but like, I don't want filler in my face right yeah. here. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah I guess. so I'm okay. I'm good. But I'm curious, like, do you think that retinol doesn't work for you because you have darker skin? Is that like, has that, does that have anything to do with it? Because I only hear people who talk about retinol who are lighter. Like, so I'm, I'm curious. No, but I think vitamin C did not properly work for me because I had dark skin. Because I used to, we launched our own vitamin C serum and the big like um, impetus for me using a lot of other brands, vitamin C serums was... I thought it was highly ineffective on my skin. I thought it made me look orange half the time. Like I use the SkinCeuticals um, vitamin C, their L-ascorbic acid, which is supposed to be the most effective, but it, the way it oxidized on my skin, like I looked like an orangutan. Like I could not go out with it. And I swear it, I mean, you're supposed to be able to use vitamin C in the morning, put sunscreen on and go out into the sun and like have a good day. I would burn all day long. My mustache got so like my like this area, just like I wax it, right? Or like I thread it or I like whatever dermaplane it. It started getting so dark from using the vitamin C because I could tell like it was something was happening. The melanin, the vitamin C, the sun, even though I was using so much sunscreen, it was burning my face. 
Um, and that was like a huge reason we launched our own vitamin C because it's still 10% vitamin C. It's still made of 3-O-ethyl, which is the most highly um, effective vitamin C um, that is out there. But we also made it in a way where we tested it religiously on people of color to make sure it's not burning them or making them darker. Because I was like, not only do I look orange, I also am getting now dark spots, which is what this was supposed to be reversing. Um, I haven't seen that with retinol, but I don't use retinol because I have dry skin and I have seen my friends um, go through it where she actually knows a lot about skincare, but she started using retinol and she's the one who waxed her stash <laughs> and it burned and yeah. she then had like this huge red bruises for like two weeks. Um, and it's like, yeah, maybe a lot of people who are lighter skin, they don't need to wax their mustaches because they're not growing like black hair out here. They're growing like, oh, I have hair. to, I mean, I, I, I mean, I look really light on camera right now because of the lighting, but I'm like, I would say like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm a pretty like middle, like I'm like a light tan color and I, I have to like wax and actually I, I get threading done. I started doing it in college and I, I, I don't wax now. Like I get, I get threaded or I get dermaplane because like the Same. wax. I hated the feeling of it. And like, that cannot be good for your skin. First yeah, I hated it too. But, um, and but yeah, like so I, yeah. I, I notice it like in the sun, like with the mustache, the sh like I, I've never noticed it with vitamin C or retinol, but I have noticed that like with like hyperpigmentation, I, I notice it more. The mustache. Yeah, it's like a shadow. It's a shadow. That's what it is. Yeah. And, um, so no, that's interesting. But yeah, I, I have a friend who, who is a little bit darker than me. She's Latin too. And vitamin C has never really worked for her. Um, but I love vitamin C. I actually use this in SkinCeuticals one. Not that one, the CE Ferulic one. And I really like it. But um, I do, I love vitamin C. And I use retinol like once every two weeks. I try not to do it very often. Yeah. Mostly because, yeah, I don't really need it. I have pretty good skin. I just yeah. like it to just resurface like I try to go like once I do once a once a week I don't put anything on my face after I wash my face I just leave it bare like no moisturizer or anything, yeah. just to let my skin itself actually like breathe yeah so after like two weeks of makeup and like or of like heavy makeup especially and like two times of doing that of like not putting anything on my face for two weeks then I'll put like then I'll go in with the retinol and like the yeah. whole like shebang and really hydrate the skin for the next few days afterwards to kind of like re re um regenerate the skin cells um yeah but I'm curious like yeah with the vitamin c and the sun and how it all works it sucks that like yeah these brands like don't really like we're getting better I think with inclusivity but like yeah it's still it's still hard to find brands that that really actually reach everybody and do something for everyone and maybe that's the whole thing too. It's like, you know, certain brands aren't going to work for you for yeah. created by people. Yeah, who we're do not trying like to you. reach. I mean, sometimes you know, I'll be like pitching my brand and like, I'll be like, Oh, it's for like melanin rich skin. And then the one will be like, Oh, I guess it's not for me. And I'm like, yeah, I guess it's not for you. Like if you don't have melanin rich skin, then yeah, it's not for you, but like, it doesn't have to be for you. It doesn't have to be for everyone. Yeah. Right. Like that's not the goal. Yeah. With every, it's like with everything, it's like, take what works for you and leave the rest. Like if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. Like it's not about you and like, it's okay yeah. for you. Like, you know, I'm not for everyone. Like, you know, you're not for everyone. Like 
yeah. you know, like for me, like an example, like as a lawyer, it's like, I, yeah. Do I want clients? Yes. Do I want every single client that comes <laughs> away? No, probably yeah. not. Like they're not that. the right fit for me. You know, I have an approach that I love and that works for yeah. the clients that I have. And like, I have my method and you may want a different approach and that's okay. I will connect you with an attorney who can help. Yeah. And the whole point is though, thing. that like, we should have the same space with those other yes. brands that Absolutely. are for everyone. That's like where big quality should come. But yeah, it's Absolutely. not that I want my brand to be for everyone, but I want my brand to have the same like standing and space that some of these other brands have. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the thing, like, that's the beauty of, I think now, like our generation, like as we all start entering the workforce and starting to kind of make our names in the world and, you know, build our careers, it's that there is still a ceiling that we have to like break through, but it's a lot easier than it has been before. And there's a lot more people trying to do what we're doing that we can all yeah, do it together to do what we're doing we're gonna do it together and we can help each other and like if I break it a little bit and I can hold bring someone yeah. up with me who's gonna help me continue to oh, break that's it such a great way of putting it and I think like that to me has been really exciting like you know I'm, I'm crazy for going and, and I fully admit that I'm crazy for going off on my own really early on in my professional career but like I knew that that was the right fit for me and yeah you know there's people that are doing it two three four or five years out ahead of me that it was crazy for them too but they're they're supporting me and doing it because they're like I'm proud of you that you didn't even wait to do it you knew that you wanted to do that so they're gonna hold it up open for me and like for you you know there's brands starting to get into Walgreens or not Walgreens Walmart Target Sephora that are you know Southeast Asian brands or sort of you know minority owned brands whatever minority and it's like there's they're they're coming they're they're making the the, they're starting to open the space up so by the time that you get in like there's a bigger space on the shelf so I think that's like you know that was a great way of putting it I loved it it, it's it's like hard to see it that way though I think but you know it's something I've had to do a lot of reflection I can't talk right now reflection (laughs) lately on on that of just like you know I'm not where I want to be and I don't, but I also don't want to be where my end goal is right now because then what's the fun in that? Like, then there's nothing yeah. to work for. Well, then it's like, what next? <laughs> yeah, like, what do I do now? So it's like, yeah. I have to remind myself, like, take a step back. Like, you've done a yeah. lot already. Like, look at where you're at and like, look at what you've already accomplished. And like, I have to remind myself to go backwards and like, look at the mentors, that, the mentors that I have and like, look at the mentees that I have. They look up to me and like, they're really proud of where I'm at. So it's like, okay, like, let me also be really proud of where I'm at. So I think that's kind of what I mean. Like, you know, you know, it's hard. It's, it's not, it's a, it's not a fun process, but there's beauty in the process of it too. And getting to work with your mom and getting to, you know, put something that you guys worked, you know, you're putting your heart and soul into out into the world, you know, like that, that's like a really rewarding thing too. So, you know, I'm excited to try it, especially that, that I can't pronounce that ingredient but that product that you guys are talking about um yeah I cannot pronounce that I (laughs) English is not my first language and like I don't even think that's an English word but certain words I (laughs) like cannot compute in my brain um to be honest (laughs) no I struggle sometimes there's like entrepreneur for the longest time I could not say that word and I still can't spell it uh it just doesn't it just doesn't read like in my brain like that wrong (laughs) it looks wrong so um I struggle with that time me for it um there's there was another word growing up that I really struggled with I can't think of it now 
Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to try your brand and hopefully you guys get into some brick and mortar stores that we could all shop yes, at. Soon. I'd be so excited. Um, but where can everyone find you guys? Um, pimp yourself out. Um, <laughs> Instagram, of course, it's Medita underscore earth. Um, but our biggest place where we sell is Amazon, actually. If you just type in Medita Earth, it should pop right up. Our website as well. But um, most people, for some reason, like, like to just buy it on Amazon. Like No one really buys from our website. But everyone will be like, oh, Amazon, I'll go buy it from there. Yeah, because um, so it's yeah. easy and you can get yeah. things at once. Yeah. Um, so Instagram and Amazon, just Medita Earth, and it'll pop right up. Cool. I'll link everything in the show notes. Thank you yeah. so much, Pooja, for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Kayla. And it was so much fun. This yeah, is my and- first podcast, actually. Oh, yay. Exciting. <laughs> Happy that Amber <laughs> connected <laughs> us. Um, yeah. What is, to close out, what is one piece of advice that you would give to someone who is kind of in our shoes, like, you know, young, like mid 20s, starting their career, kind of trying to figure out like what they want to do, like going back to like, you're you pursued at education for this career like you've been doing one thing for so long and you're kind of like I don't know if I want to do that anymore like what's your biggest piece of advice I think everything counts like I think it all goes back to what we were talking about like don't lose out on those opportunities from learning from other people if I didn't spend three years at that big four firm that I was at me I'm like not saying the name but like the one of the big four that I was I mean at, it's pretty just, easy to find out who it was yeah, I know it's all over my LinkedIn <laughs> Um, but I spoke very highly of them, so it actually doesn't matter. <laughs> but if I just feel like if I did not have those three years under my belt, and it doesn't have to be three, like I, I think I hit my saturation point below the three year mark. It's you know, it's whatever it is for you at, at whatever point you think, like, okay, I've gotten whatever I want out of it. Um, I just feel like it's an invaluable experience. Like, don't miss out on those opportunities of learning from like your education wherever you go to college. Um Taught, like learning from those mentors, learning from the mentors in your job, whatever you're doing, like whenever you want to launch your own thing, I just feel like everything counts, like everything transfers over, even though you think like, oh, I'm a data scientist, like how is this ever going to like help me in this? Like it always in some way, shape or form, whether it's a conversation, whether it's a connection with someone who did the same thing, like it always helps. So I feel like you have to take from everything you've done and be like, at some point, this will hit a culmination point and it will all come together. Yeah. I love that. That's so true. And I, and I think I talked about that too. And it's like, you do the same thing. So it's like, you're also doing the exact same thing. Yeah. I love surrounding (laughs) myself with people who are kind of that, that's what they're doing. Like it's so much more interesting and exciting to me. And like, I love getting to learn from other people in that same position. So I think that's such a great place to end. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you.